Hello and welcome back to another shining episode of Controllers and Couches. I am one half of the duo, Full Metal Chicky Boo. And I'm Steph. And uh, yeah, welcome back, um, or welcome to the first episode of your Ooh. listening adventures, if you have come <laughs> into it at this point. Um, if you have come into, you know, interest of this channel in this first instant, there is another 35 um, of these enjoyable encounters <laughs> prior to this. Um, if you've listened to all 35 prior to this, I apologise in advance for the sound of my voice and my shenanigans. Um, and thank you for staying on board and, yeah, putting up with the sound of my voice because apparently it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. So, so. Uh, you know, it says some people. So they, they say I have to be a bit more, you know, speak a bit more clearly and enunciate my words. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of funny. Well, uh, apologise in advance, everyone. Well, in retrospective analysis, because this podcast is going to be, this episode is going to be over 24 hours late just because it's been a full on week, I yeah. think, for everyone. I've just been stuck at work and it yeah. just hasn't been possible to actually get any downtime to actually record it's just one of those things and it's fine we're here today it's yeah like we so ditched an episode it's just that it's going to be a little late but i hope you guys do not mind yeah because um uh, you know when people throw o- overtime at you you're going to make that moolah you as i say when it's sunny make hay um so hey, what's new with you buddy what's uh, your life well i got doom eternal dun 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 and for all of you guys listening, as you know, I'm a bit of a, you know, retro gamer. But Doom was one of the key games of my childhood and my teenagehood and my, Young adult you know, life. in the hood. Um, <laughs> on the mean street, on, on the mean, mean country streets. On the mean country streets, watch that sheep. So, um, yeah, which reminds me, I'm half tempted to watch um, Black Sheep tonight. Oh, no. Such a good movie. Oh, <laughs> you're wasting quarantine time. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, otherwise, ah, we watch, um, ah, was it, uh, Containment. Contagion? Contagion, sorry. Yeah, Contagion, also it's 28. It's a little bit triggering. 28 days later, we can it's watch. It's a little bit triggering. But essentially, I got Doom Eternal, um, especially the helmet. So I've been running around the house wearing a helmet. Um, he hasn't been running around the house wearing a helmet. Okay, you were He tried around. it on. And it fit. And it fit, and you put the batteries in. Yeah. The lights worked. We were all like, woo, woo. This is good. And then you had to go to work. Yeah, then I had to go to work. <laughs> Let's be honest. But on the bright side, it finished downloading before I went to work, and I haven't had a game since. I am so impressed that there is no 40... 50 gig update like every other yeah. game that comes out. I'm actually quite impressed with them. So. And I was actually speaking to a few people who have actually played it and apparently it's just in your face from the get-go. There's no wind-up to the just action. It's It's, in, it's, on, it's yeah. straight into it. And uh, for anyone who hasn't played Dune, it's uh, definitely one of your hardcore action, you know, first-person shooters, extremely violent. Um it sits in Australia with an R18+. Can you, plus. Can, without giving spoiler, can you give the premise of the game? So premise is essentially that you are the Doom Marine or the Doom Slayer. And essentially what you are battling like is the forces of hell yeah. on Earth. Earth. Um, is it Earth or Mars? I'm not going to give any spoilers okay, because... Sorry. Yeah. So essentially there's a portal to hell. And you have to go through you it go- to fight. Yeah, and vice versa. They come to Earth, you know, back and forth. forth. 
So it's very much full-on carnage. And um, it's just... I could talk about more in the, the next episode about it. That'll and be... But some more game. Exactly. Mm. But it came out with uh, a remastered edition of Doom 64 as well, which I'm really interested in playing. But uh, I've pretty much played all the Dooms. Mm, so, thank um, you. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy. And Nightmare Mode is just completely insane. Because essentially you have to play through the entire campaign. And then unlock that. And then have to play it again without Play it dying. again. And you can't finish Nightmare without... So you can't die. You can't die. If you die, that's it. Game over. So remember that day when I was playing the last one and just (sighs) barrels. I'm very good at shooting my, you know, shooting barrels and they explode. Um, What else? Uh, I unlocked, oh, I'm two, I think two games away from unlocking the, the vocal shotgun in Call of Duty, but obviously gaming has been... Uh, set aside so I think also I may need to crunch out some numbers on that only because um, remember how we sat down we worked out that I needed to sit at about two levels or about 2.5 levels 2.5 a day to get there before the month are all over yeah I'm nowhere near that so I have to get back into that um, what other games do I have there's Darksiders Genesis um, it is Genesis yep yeah, we've got that today um so for all those people out there who like button mashes, um, it's up there with uh, God of War. Um, I personally prefer this one, um, but God of War has always held a special place because you can, you know, basically run around with frying pans. Um, but yeah, essentially this is kind of a prequel to Darksiders. So this character that you're actually playing at is Strife, but Darksiders deals with the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So is it a horseman per game? Yes. And you fight as a horseman? Or yes, you, you fight as the horseman. So you, as death, yeah. here as pestilence, here as plague. Or exactly. So in the first one, you were war. Got it. Yeah. So that was cool. The sword is just crazy. But uh, yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see sort of what they do with the next one. But I, I looked at some of the work on this and I look forward to it. The one that I kind of went uh, at was um, Diablo. They brought it to mobile. And you could... I remember when they did the release and someone actually stood up in the auditorium and just bagged them and apparently went viral. It was hilarious. Oof. Um, what else was there? That's. It's more just trying to find an old joystick to play um, TIE Fighter, but that's like a, a work in progress because I just got to fix some stuff up so I can play. Also, um, if anybody is in fact listening to this, and anybody knows of a good external optic drive, Blu-ray preferably, can you um, d- uh, just PM us and give us some ideas? Yeah. Because that'd be really great. I'd appreciate that um, because I need a, um external optic drive for my laptop. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'd appreciate that if someone can um, give me give a... Give the 411. The 411 on that. That'd be great. Um, because obviously when you start getting PC games and you want to run discs... I, it's a bit of a struggle. It's a bit of a struggle. Exactly, because generally, as much as I'm very much into console cons, console games, console um, console games, it's very much a case of PC master race. Um, Oof. Oh, also Delicious. too. Um, on that note, I got an email from Wargaming for World of Tanks. There, oh. because of this whole quarantine thing, uh, fourteen days. They're giving a 14-day pass 
of uh, premium. So anyone oh, out there, I know a few it. people who are actually uh, into, you know, into that. So Wargaming has mm-hmm. sent out that for a 14-day pass. So that's just premium and everything. So you get a bit more XP in that. So Do you know how much? Oh, just per game. Okay. It just, yeah, I can't remember the percentage. But it's... Uh, also, too, the only real update that I have is that because of the worldwide shenanigans at the moment, deliveries have been delayed, shipments have been delayed. and International. International. And essentially, that's a big problem for me because there are... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are a few things that I'm actually waiting on at the moment. And it's very critical to the channel that they arrive soon. It's oh, because I'm just telling you guys right now, we were actually talking about these about two years ago. And then when we got this in plan and things and parts and everything, spoiler alert. Uh, and to be fair, it's not like you ordered this last week. No. They were ordered like two, three months ago. Yeah. And you're still, still waiting, waiting for stuff to come through. So essentially, I need to clean up about one, two meters of space and potentially even get a Perspex, Perspex cabinet. To run this in, but essentially there's a new um, kit on the way. Kit on the way, and um, on topic of kits, people who are really interested in, I suppose Lego mocks, check out a guy called um, I just completely blanked Mirko Sapelsa. Um, check him out. There's a few kits that he's done, like regarding um, the Ewing. Which, or, or if anyone knows what the Star Wars U-Wing is, um, check that out because it's a very sweet model. It's very stylish. There's stylish. Stylish in the sense of, I think some of the older um, Star Wars UCS kits that came out, they're a bit more blocky in a sense that they don't look as... Uh, what's a nice way of putting it? They look a bit clunky. They're not as sleek. They're not as sleek. So a lot of the kits now I'm looking at kind of going far out. I just, I don't have the time to build these, but they're just magnificent. 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 So, yeah, that's pretty much my updates at the moment. Gaming, I've got to crank out Doom. I've got to crank out Call of Duty. And I've also got to finish Wolfenstein. So that's that's my uh, goal at the moment. So I haven't done any reading. I listened to some podcasts. I've listened to... Some, I've, I've essentially just been going through Ramstein, um, Lincoln... Oh, well, not really Linkin Park. More Metallica, ACDC, Master Plan... Heavy metal. It's been heavy metal time for me. Yeah, it's the time of work yeah. here for you, I think. Absolutely. So that's uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been up to. So, do we turn tables now? Yes, but you... has the floor. You've, you has the floor now. Um, today's my first day of... Well, half day. Tomorrow will be day one, officially. But of uh, lock-in. So, Melbourne and Victoria got the whole... You know, if it's non-essential, shut that shit down. Yeah. Same on my boss last night. Because um, everyone was just waiting. We don't necessarily know because there's no word about universities. Yeah. So I just pretty much said, look, I'm... Because I was working and going in every day up until this morning, I should say. So Yeah. pretty much just said, I'm going to be working from home. I'm going to be working on that thesis. And, yeah, just try and grab... And it's not like we're stockpiling. It's literally just grabbing the things you need exactly. for two or three days. And then that's pretty much it. So that's what we've been doing. Um, and then, yeah, I um, in terms of anticipating a lock-in, I did end up signing up for, um, what is it, Xbox Game Pass? Yep. Not the PC and Xbox version. 
um, that's the ultimate kit. I just did it for the Xbox, the console one, because I primarily just wanted to kind of sort of get back into the gaming and whatnot. Um, so it's not like I'm going to keep the membership around forever. It's just specifically, I guess, this month. Um, and the stuff I've downloaded thus far is Thimbleweed Park, What Remains of Edith Finch, Braid, Super Hot. I played like 30, 40 minutes of that yep. before it did my head in and I was like, nah. Um, I've downloaded Gonana, uh, the Blueberry Edition, and I started Life is Strange 2. I think I'm about a third of the way, maybe a quarter of the way through episode one at the moment. Um, and I've also downloaded Maxicus of Brotherhood and Oxenfree. Yep. So just going to slowly be working through that. And today, for the low, low price of four ninety five, I picked up the um, League of Light duology, uh, The Gatherer and Silent Mountain. Ooh. So again, something we kind of need the uh, an optic drive for. But we'll play it when we can. Absolutely. So that's pretty much it. In terms of reading, just because I've been doing a lot of going in on the weekends and whatnot, um, early mornings, late nights, I have been listening to a lot of audio books. Yep. Um, so let me just go through my list, if that's okay, because I won't be able to remember because there's been a few. Um, bum 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 When did I finish off? Oh, so the last time I left off, I said I finished The House of Earth and Blood by Sarah J Maas. So I went through and I reread um, The Vampire Diaries book series. And then after I did that, um, I had to finish the last book. It's always book five in YA or any book series that takes me forever to get around to. But I finally finished um, the Fever Code, yep. which is book five in the Maze Runner series. And then I was listening to the Crowns Game duology. Um, and now I've got one and a half books left in The Secret Circle, which is the witch version of Vampire Diaries. Yep. Um, so I've been working through that. And I'm two out of three books down into All the Boys I've Loved Before. So I've just got the last book to go. I re-listened to A Court of Thorns and Roses. I finished Bridge of Clay, which was an absolute push to go through. I'm so grateful we only paid, I think, $3.50 for that book. Yeah. Because, oof. Um, but that's pretty much it for updates for me. Um, I sort of also think, do we come up with a, a, like there's some, I think the key thing, every thing I've been discussing at work is viral movies, pandemic movies. So what I actually have, which I could potentially, do, should I actually mention a few that are really good? Okay. Up ones, the ones that you like. Okay. So one of the first ones that I saw ages and ages and ages ago was the Omega Man from 1971. It's yeah. very similar to I Am Legend. Okay. So essentially these three movies sit around like The Last Man on Earth, which is from 1964, The Omega Man, which is 1971, and I Am Legend 2007. So essentially it's multiple ad adaptations, um, but the 1954 novel, uh, novel is called I Am Legend. So yeah, it's low budget, um, but the one in the 1971 film, Charlton Heston just kicks it out of the park. Uh, so yeah, you got to love a good viral, um, you know, movie. You've also got Seventh Seal, which is from 1957. It's by Igmar Bergen, um, and essentially it's uh, a bit like, well, a lot of jokes from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and it's set during the Black Death plague of the 19, oh, sorry, the 1300s. Um, and essentially, what this guy does is encounters the Angel of Death, and they play chess for his soul. So very, very interesting. Um, another one is obviously 
this is one of my personal favourites, The Andromeda Strain, 1971. It's uh, based on a novel by Michael Crichton. And essentially, it's about an infectious organism fell to Earth from space. And uh, yeah, remember, I remember watching that one a lot. That one's cool. Obviously, uh, if anyone's seen Dawn of the Dead, everyone loves a good zombie movie. Uh, 1978, and there was also a 2004 remake, and it's by George A. Romero, um, 1978, and it's an extremely clever satire um, of consumerism. So essentially, you just look at the zombie apocalypse, obviously we're not in a zombie apocalypse, but it's more like a plague, so the plague part of it makes it interesting, and uh, yeah, if you're up to date with all the global pandemics that are going on, uh, not so much the, the the fiction, definitely the non-fiction. So, uh, yeah, that's what I also enjoyed. Um, if you're a researcher and you love monkeys, um, Outbreak, 1995. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So, essentially, it's a, as we put it, it's one of those hemorrhagic virus viruses. So, um, yeah, and it cranks out in a small American time. And essentially, it's just, you know, the old CDC racing against the clock to stop it from spreading, which is essentially what's going on. And just be moment. careful. You don't want to scare yourself and no. creep yourself out. No. So if you find it, and I don't use the word triggered in a ha-ha-ha mean yeah. sense, but if you f actually find that this stuff, you know, further stresses you out, please don't go out there no. and watch that and stuff. And this isn't to just, you know, scare people. This is more just to see how... You know, people have it's taken a, an idea and run with it. It's a movie. Exactly. It's not based on fact or anything no. like that. So don't get too... Yes, it's... I'm not in any way, shape or form saying that what's going on isn't serious. What I'm saying is if you find this stuff to be triggering, don't watch yeah. the happier, lighter stuff. Yeah. Go watch, you know, stuff like Shrek. Oh my no, God, in the sense that... Anyway, yeah. now that you're done modelling on, let's okay. get back on track. Okay, so there was Outbreak, 1995, and it's essentially... A uh, army general wants to take a virus and use it for a bioweapon, and he wants to prevent the cure. So that's um, that one. Then you've got 12 Monkeys, which is 1995. Um, that's a good one with Bruce Willis. And essentially, it's just a case of a time traveler being sent back to the 1990s, um, and essentially, he has to identify the origin of a global pandemic um, that essentially nearly wiped out humanity. So I'll leave it at that. Um, next one we enjoyed, we've actually seen this one multiple times, Cabin Fever from 2002 by Ellie Roth. And essentially some recent college graduates um, get infected with a flesh-eating virus during a camping trip. Um, we watched the remake in 2016. Um, and essentially, I know that there's people now who will not go camping because of this movie. Um, next one, everyone knows, uh, Resident Evil. And that's the entire series from 2002. <gasps> To 2017. The umbrella car. The f yeah. Yes. The other day we were out shopping and actually going down the, like just driving down the street, and a black and white, um, just Commodore, no joke, decked out to be a police car. But it was a Chevy. It was a Chevy though, um, decked out to look like a police car, no lights or anything on the top, but it had the umbrella corp um, decals yeah. on the side of the car, and we were sitting at the set of lights just laughing because it was absolutely hilarious. So, uh, yeah, so if you don't know what the Umbrella Corporation is and you don't know what Resident Evil is, um, all the gamers out there are like, ha-ha, yes, stick to the games because uh, Resident Evil 3 is cracking a remake. Um, but essentially it's just the, you know, it stars Mila Jovovich 
and uh, lots of zombies um, and monsters. There's like five or six movies in that yeah. universe, isn't there? Yeah, we went and watched that, the last one, and we were just like, Jesus, this is still going. Um, next one we've got is 28 Days Later. Um, it also had a sequel called 28 Weeks Later. Um, but, yeah, so t- 28 Days Later came out in 2003, and 28 Weeks Later came out in 2007. And essentially, it's an absolute cracker uh, by Danny Boyle. Um, and it's essentially uh, directed by Jan Qualos Frens- uh, Fresnadillo, and essentially deals with a viral pandemic. And it essentially turns anyone infected into permanently enraged monsters. Um, so, similar to zombies, but they're not. Um, they're just, yeah. Then we've got Carriers. Uh, from 2009 essentially it's poke you know post-apocalyptic um and four friends basically survive a global pandemic can go on a road trip and they want to live in peace and obviously you can tell where this goes south but uh yeah it's got chris pine in it uh so yeah that's a good one and then what do we have we've got blindness from... all right michael we need to wrap this Sorry, up i'll finish it up the last one that everyone kind of went <laughs> world war z 2013 um essentially yeah watch that one that one's funny uh, be quiet, get sick. And then, you know, my personal favourite was Hackers, but that's completely different. Um, so, yeah, that's me done. There you go. There's your movies to watch if you want to watch uh, viral pandemics. Sorry I trailed on with that, but I just thought that was fun to watch. Done. You missed one, Contagion. Oh, sorry, yeah. Contagion. Um, so, essentially, uh, this is by Stephen Goldberg, um, and it's got Gwyneth Paltrow in it. So, and essentially... From yeah, um... And essentially, it's a deadly new virus, um, and it's a thriller, and it works on how disease spreads. And essentially, there's you know the initial dis- difficulty in finding the cure and conspiracy theory, and essentially, you know, there's a conspiracy theory right now saying that the move the the virus in Contagion is COVID nineteen. Yeah, because it very closely mirrors. The epidemiology of absolutely but the bit that makes me laugh is you know the movie tangled R- rapunzel right, was kept anyway, in the tower and the kingdom it. is called corona and she's in quarantine and she's all of her life quarantine. Like moral of the story cut your hair you know <laughs> so yeah that's that's my wrap up for uh viral pandemic okay. movies back to the Getting main back to we're going to do our quiz today yes um what make a cake to find out which season you are uh i'd like to think i'm winter okay but I could do with autumn. I could go past autumn. So, what do you reckon you are? I'm going to say spring. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to say winter. You reckon? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say winter. Alrighty, ready? Yep. Choose a cake flavour. Chocolate, lemon, vanilla, or carrot cake? Chocolate. Lemon. Frosting. So, we have oh. chocolate. Do you want... I don't know if I want lemon or if I want carrot. Let's go lemon. Okay, lemon. So we have what frosting? Do you have chocolate? Do you have strawberry? Strawbles? Or do you have vanilla? Or do you have cream cheese? Cream cheese. Cream cheese. Frosting. Going chocolate. Uh, then we have, well, you can do this one. Choose a topping. Flowers, yeah. fruit, more frosting, or marshmallows? Mm, topping. Mm. I'm going to say fruit. I'm going to go my fruit. Uh, you thought I was going to say marshmallows. <laughs> um, choose some sprinkles. Rainbow sprinkles. Okay, so... Ball uh, candies on a person's palm. <laughs> multicoloured icing on stainless steel spoon. Multicoloured candy balls. Close-up photo of sprinkles. They didn't plan this one out very carefully, did they? No. Uh, so, stainless steel spoon. 
It looks I like the stainless steel spoon. Multicolored candy balls look exactly as the same as the you know multicolored icing. I don't know, but what are you gonna do about yeah, okay, it? Okay, I'm just gonna go for the multicolored candy balls. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If it wants to select, yep, it's selecting. Um, who do you eat your cake with? One, I'll give it away. I'll have it with friends. I'll eat it by myself, or I will eat it with family. With the fam. With the fam. Okay, so let's see. Mm, me, I once ate a whole chocolate cake by myself. Once. Once, multiple times. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say with friends. Okay. Okay. Shit. What'd you get? I got summer. The polar opposite oh. of what I am. You're summer. You're easygoing and you love to relax. Yay! Analgesics. <laughs> what? What? That escalated quickly. Winter. What, what? You love to hang out in the snow, hide under a blanket with a good book, and drink hot drinks. Damn it. Sucks to be you, fam. Sucks to be you. So, um... Alrighty, hoity-toity. Um, I think it's time... It is time. Are you ready? Yes. I'm ready for the time. Alrighty, enough of that. Yeah. Welcome to... The Weekly News Wrap-Up. The Weekly News Wrap-Up. Yes. So uh, um, Evidently, you can tell by us being here in the middle of the afternoon that Victoria and New South Wales have gone into non-essential lockdown. Yep. Which also means that all restaurants, cafes, bars, bars clubs, clubs, um, gaming venues, yeah. anything that isn't a pharmacist, a supermarket, a, hospital. a petrol station, um, all non-essential, shut down. Yeah. Well, we went around and Nothing. we found a few the that opposite. Were the but opposite. What are you going to do? So uh, yeah, things are starting to wind down. Some people aren't taking it too well. Um, essentially, it's a case of supermarkets are open. Anyone who's saying that supermarkets will be shut down, the government or your government will not shut down a supermarket. Maybe get re- you know reduced trading hours, but if you shut a supermarket down, you will get mass hysteria. You will then basically... people need to get a chance to buy the things they need exactly. because not everyone had the opportunity to stock up. And there are no, people no. who are just buying as per normal. Like some people just buy the things they need for the day yeah. or one or two days in advance because they simply don't want to or they can't afford to stock up to buy three months worth of food at once. Exactly. But So from what I understand, Victoria is what I can speak on. School holidays start tomorrow. They've yep. been brought forward a few days. Enjoy. Um, and then everything at this stage is projected to go back to normal on the 13th of April. Yeah. But keep in mind that this is a virus. It could potentially be around forever. Yeah. Um, it's not just going to be like we live in our houses for three weeks. The people no. who need to go to work, go to work, and then boom, the virus is eradicated. Yeah. So, so that's what they're trying to uh, do. Um, in Italy, there was a total lockdown, but, you know... Essential stuff still kept. You know, well, you had to going. prove, didn't you, yes. that you were shopping for one specific reason. Yeah. Um. So look, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. It's the first time it's ever happened in our history. Yeah. Especially when people were panicking because, um, whether they you live interstate or whatever, or your family is, for example, say that you live in Brisbane, but your family lives in Sydney, yeah. and you want to have to cross the New South Queensland border. Those borders are closing. So you have to get in and quarantine yourself. Yep. 
Um, so people are making the hard choice of do I just pick up and leave and spend time with my family um, or whatnot, and people are worrying about their health insurance and things like that. So it's just an all around shitty time. Yeah, it could have been handled a little bit better, but um, at this stage, and people are spreading, spreading wrong facts, like saying yeah. young people aren't getting sick. It's not that young people aren't getting sick. It's the fact that young people are harboring the virus and shedding it for such a long time asymptomatically that by the time they get the virus, you have to go to hospital and be in ICU and get serious medical care. Yeah. And the other thing that, I mean, I won't go heavily into it, but if you wish to go and have a look into it, um, everyone has you know, variations in their major histocompatibility complex. And this is a big part of why some people get sick and others don't. You can still be a carrier, um, but essentially what the MHC does, um, it's a group of genes um, and it codes for proteins found on the surface of cells. And similar to things that we are going to be discussing further down, I don't want to start heavily going into it, but it's just interesting because there's a lot of people who don't understand how simple, um, you know, immunology works. And it's more effective. The people who are scared of the unknown are panicking now. What people need to do is just need to, you know, I, it's hard for me, hard for everyone else. You can't tell people to calm the farm. As much as you wish for them to calm the farm, it they're not going to calm. Like it doesn't work the... like that. Because think of the society as a bell curve. You've got the average, you know, like that dead smack in the middle where everyone's, you know. If you want okay. to talk about the bell curve, right? Specifically in Melbourne, how big would you say footy culture is? Massive. It's... Right? There's two things you live for in Melbourne. That's sport and yep. food. Yep. They shut down food and the AFL actually said, you know what, we're postponing our yep. season. To do that, those are the two biggest trades. You can also pull in fashion yeah. as number three. But food and sport are Melbourne's two biggest trades. So, and for them to say we're closing until May, yep. that tells you how serious this is. And an interesting fact, when the uh, Premier Daniel Andrews actually got up and stated that, okay, we're going to be reducing essential, oh, well, you know, non-essential places, uh, people thought that liquor stores were shutting down. So there was a sudden influx of alcohol purchases. Uh, so yeah, so essentially they've decided not to close liquor shops because one, it's an addiction to some people and unfortunately it's essential. So It is essential and also it's uh, a very big government. Yeah, like, massively. You, it, it does inject a lot of money into the economy Yeah, and a lot of people are stocking up for Easter yeah. because Easter is only in two weeks and uh, a lot of people are now going to have to be home with their kids. Yeah. And so day drinking, it's going to be just like Christmas. Yep, that's Where always. people are just going to be day drinking at home, dealing with their kids, and that's it. Yeah. And you know what? If they're just, they're going to try, you know, like the smokes are out. Yeah. You can't get smokes. What are you going to do? What's your alternative? Drink. There you go. you got to give the people something. Yeah. Not that I'm saying I have 52, I don't have a single no. bottle of alcohol in this house. And we're not saying smoking but, is bad. All we're saying is people need what they want. Oh, sorry, have to get what they need. And if they can't get it, they, they choose something yes, else. Yes, and yeah. alcohol provides a large boost to the economy, is yeah. all I'm saying. So. Because essentially it dulls a lot of the... It's well, inhibitory. Yeah. It's that and it just people are going to buy it. Exactly. It doesn't matter... How long it takes for them to drink it? Yeah, you can't refund anything at the moment. You There's can't. no change of mind purchases. No way. Unless something is expired and you have proof of evidence, like 
when we buy our noodles, sometimes they are completely rotting, and yeah. you can only tell because it's in the bottom of the packet, right? Yeah. So you have to open the sleeve, and then you pull out the packet, and you see there's mold there, and then you go back and say, "This is my product. Here is my receipt." You can see the date of um, the expiry date is five months from now. I just want to exchange it yeah. or refund it because you don't have the item. They will do that. But if you were merely going up to them saying, oh, sorry, I've got 52 bags of toilet paper and I done fucked up, they're going to yep. say, get fucked, get out of our store. Yep. Because you're I part done, of the problem. I done fucked up. So, has that, I wonder if that started. Do you have stories of that? Are there... Of, uh, of people coming in yet Not really. I think because media-wise, everything has been put out saying no. It's... But for those signs to be out, people must have tried, have tried to do yeah. it. Yeah. They have. That's what I'm saying. Like they wouldn't just print those signs for no reason. But seriously, so. who needs seventeen thousand bottles of hand sanitizer? Do you know people are actually vlogging this experience? Yeah. People are actually putting out videos of their their um their sheds, their um what do you call it their pantries, and I say pantry. I mean it's like five the size of five walk-in closets. Yeah. But a pet like food, right? People are also doing, um, like, they've just hoarded a ton of shit. Doomsday preppers. And you know what? Maybe we're the crazy ones who haven't done that. But actually, I'm thinking we actually watched some doomsday, doomsday preppers today. Look, it's too triggering. <laughs> it's too triggering. Uh, but here's the other thing I realised too. Um, military personnel. You've got people who are on patrol at the moment. They Police. are going to be in the submarines and they're going to be in the ships and they're just going to be out there. They're not going to bring them back to land. They're going no, to stay healthy. Exactly. So I do know that they're, um, that's why they live on bases separate to civilians. Exactly. So some of these ships are actually being turned into quarantine and it made me realize the last ship. Yeah. Yes. Oof. Oof. So close to home. Yeah. Good series. Look, at the end of the day, I'm not going to say I don't care if I get it because I would be out of commission for a lot longer yeah. than the quarantine is, or the lock-in is, I should say. Yeah. However, if I got it, it wouldn't be as big as a deal. No. I don't have any comorbidities. I'm not asthmatic. Thankfully, I think my lungs and my lung tissue are okay. Yeah. So I can deal with it. I don't have any inhibitory ailments to my immune system yep. what i am more worried about is the fact that i had to catch public transport every day come into contact with people every day and that's what bothers me i even sure someone gives it to me because i can deal with it yeah. i just don't want to spread it to other people who can't yeah. afford to get the virus whether it be monetarily or health-wise yeah so it's, um, that's just me i know for yeah. a fact that if i get it i'm i'm out of action for a little bit so, uh, just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, All right. Are we ready to... Let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Um, I delayed this as much as possible without shoving our schedule out. So I'm not trying to, like, cash in on the times. But it's an epidemic, not a pandemic. Yep. All right. So today we're going to be talking about the 15th and 16th century sweating sickness. Did you guys will remember when we did the, um, uh, the autism... Slash yep. vaccine craze episode that we did, what, a month, two months ago? Yep. And I said I wanted to get started with epidemics. I Sorry, I delayed it for as long as possible, but I figured I'm just going to cover it now. 
Yep. I hope you don't mind. No, go for it. Um, so, it's again, I'm not trying to cash in on anything. It just happens to be the way the scheduling worked out yeah. with all the episodes. So, Most in jokes. terms of references, I read Encyclopedia Britannica, History.com. There was some stuff in Discover Magazine, History Today, The Pharmaceutical Journal, um, and a paper published by Heyman et al. 2014 um, in Viruses entitled were the English sweating sickness and the Picardy sweat caused by hentaviruses. Hmm, interesting. So, do you know much about this topic before we get started? Um, I do remember learning about this. So, it's... Yeah, I remember studying this in microbiology and also a little bit of genetics. I never studied it, but I knew yeah. about it because I'm really into English literature. Yeah, so... I think also, too, some games have mentioned it, too, in the past. But I did study this, um, so it's going to be nice to actually hear all about it again because okay. it is very, very interesting. Well, interrupt me if there's something you want to add or if I've got the wrong information. No, I think you're pretty much going to be on the money. Okay, so just give me a second to zoom in. Zoom in. I'm not wearing my computer glasses. <laughs> press pause. Not real. Wow. Press pause. So, um... I'm doing it. I'm looking for it. So, in case some people were wondering, um, sweating sickness um, is not... Oh, my God, you're reading the script for once. Wow. Yeah, so um, sweating sickness, also known as English sweating sickness, or or English English sweat, or in Latin, pseudor anglicus, was a mysterious and contagious disease that struck England and later continental Europe in a series of epidemics beginning in 1485. The last outbreak occurred in 1551, after which the disease apparently just went vanished. It just poofed, gone, whooshka. Uh, the English sweating sickness came in five major outbreaks. And there was one in 1485, 1508, 1517, 1528, and 1551. Can you just take a pause? Absolutely. What do you think? I can't comprehend the year 1485. I can't either. It's like, think about it, 12 AD. I can't comprehend that. My, my brain just kind of goes. Like The numbers make sense. But as a year, the numbers don't make sense. No, Does that make sense it's, to It's you? crazy because we're now in two. One minute it's going to be three. The people in 3030 are going to be, I don't understand, like 2020. You have to put a computer into a wall to make it exactly. work and charge it. Now mine's installed yeah. in my brain. The people are, are going to be looking about? at it going, oh, you know, you, this is, you look at all the big things in history like, you know, the Black Plague, all that sort of stuff. The Depression, things like that. And now, the Cold War. Look at the Spanish flu, you know, Influenza. things like that. And yeah. obviously we're going to cover that too. Um, but also, back to English sweating sickness, the uh, onset of symptoms was sudden. Like, g'day, how are you going? Um, creep out behind <laughs> the couch. Unlike COVID-19. No, it just sits there. Um, and unfortunately, death often occurred within hours. Its cause remains unknown, although it has been suggested that an unknown species of hantavirus was responsible. Right, I'm going to take over. Absolutely, fire it this. out, because okay. uh, I'm having fun with this. Oh, continue then. Get, okay. to, get to the next section. Absolutely. And uh, also, too, hantavirus um, causes hantavirus pulmonary syndrome, HPS. So this is where I wanted to give you some background info Absolutely. about hantaviruses, because yeah. we were like, oh, it's an unknown species. It could be potentially unknown species of hantavirus. Yep. And then I was like, what the hell is a hantavirus? So, please okay. continue. So, H- HPS, not HSP. Um, <laughs> it's not a halal snack pack. It's hantavirus. <laughs> a, pulmonary hol- a pulmonary syndrome snack pack. Imagine that. A pulmon- <laughs> Sorry, <coughs> I've just come down with a pulmonary What's kebab. What's Billy? Billy, I want, uh, a, Billy. I want a pulmonary snack pack. Give me a pulmonary <laughs> snack pack. Thanks for the kebab. <laughs> 
so yeah um hps is one of two potentially fatal syndromes of zoonotic origin which means by that it's come from across from animals to humans yeah so and just quickly too um regarding corona um what a lot of people i think were shattered at was that getting a virus from a bat does not cause you to turn into batman um so yeah devo. bad joke devo um, and that's why some people put, there's an actual one where there's a, uh, nuclear power plant and down the road, there's a spider farm. <gasps> spider boy. Spider, spider boy, boy. Doing this thing's a spider boy. Okay. So, um, yeah. So there's, uh. So some other examples of hentaviruses. Yes. So, uh, viruses that are in the hentavirus family include Black Creek Canal virus, Ooh. also acronym to BCCV, New York Orthohentavirus or NYV. Mongo Hela virus, MGLV, Sin Nombre authentic hentavirus, which is SNV, and um, there are apparently a lot of hentavirus genera that are native to the US and Canada, so obviously being um, North America. Yep. And this is because apparently rodents are the principal hosts of hentaviruses. Yeah. Um, so in Northern America, we've got the Hispid. Not we, because we're not from there, but they have the hispid cotton rat uh, smitten on his hispitis yep. in South Florida, uh, which is a principal host of Black Creek Canal virus. There's the deer mouse in Canada and the Western United States, which is a principal host of Sin Nombre, yes. And also, just one quick thing, um, regarding the ortho hantavirus, mm-hmm. ortho is, is Latin for upright. Yeah, because the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Is the group up? Yeah. Are the groups up? Yes, the group's up. I think, but also too, it's because upright. So humans are upright. I think, no. Actually, no, are don't... you serious? That's what you take from that? No, because um, ortho is Greek for upright. So... Yes, but when it's in chemistry, it means... Something You else. know, there's ortho and there's yeah. like three different things. It means something different. Yeah, sorry. Scratch that. While we're here, let's just find out, okay? Yeah. To Wikipedia we go. Du, 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 du. Such the, um, hold on, let me read this. What the far out? Well, essentially, all I know is that it was single-stranded. Oh. Something like that. It's a negative what sense RNA virus. virus. Yeah. Oh, so, hold it's hold a single-stranded, enveloped, negative sense RNA What's virus the, what, what? in the family Hantaviridae uh, of the order Bunyavirales. Uh, essentially, they normally infect rodents, um, but do not cause disease to them. There you go. Yeah. Um, essentially, we can become infected with hantaviruses through contact with rodent urine, saliva, saliva or feces. Um, so, essentially... Apparently, it means that vertebrates are the natural hosts. There we go. Upright. We're upright. There you go. You got it. You got were it. halfway there, buddy. Woo-hoo! You were halfway there. Yeah. Better breaks back where I'm standing. Gotcha. Orthodontist. Ortho is teeth as well. Yes. So, yeah. But... Um, <laughs> Not a leg doctor, darling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other <laughs> thing too is... orthopedic surgeon. Yes. But I find funny... Not funny. Um, the Hantavirus Pulmonary Syndrome, the HPS... Um, it's also known as Hantavirus Cardiopulmonary Syndrome, HCPS. So essentially, people... This is why... You know, certain people with heart conditions get taken down from these viruses. Well, that's the thing, because yeah. pulmonary deals with your circulatory system, which takes into account not only your heart and not only your lungs, but your arterioles, your arteries, your veins, yeah. your venules. So anything that touches blood is part of that system. Yeah. So um, also, too, people 
you got to make sure you just practice proper hygiene. Um, but sometimes too, bats bats flying around the place. This is why people keep their pets indoors. Um, but zoonosis, sure enough, is one of those things. But you got to understand, viruses are way, 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 way older. And enteroviruses also in Australia we get them for horses. Yeah. Because the bats eat the fruit trees and they drop the fruit, and, and the, the horses, horses go yeah. eat those fruit yeah. droppings. And then we had a massive quarantine. Was it like five, six years ago? Yeah. And uh, thoroughbred um, horsing farms literally lost millions upon millions, millions of dollars. Millions upon millions. And like the horse racing was thought to be out decades. Yeah. So. Who knows? But you know, you look at things. I remember we touched base on. Uh, we were talking about Kuru. Um, We've, we've mentioned Kuru in the past. I think we've mentioned it in but the past. But in the sense that um, bovine encephalitis and stuff yeah. like that, foot and mouth disease, anything that's going to damage uh, agriculture. Can you stop rubbing your feet, please? Because it... Rocks the... Yeah. Rock on. Uh, yeah, so essentially anything that's going to damage agriculture and infrastructure, really, really, you know... Yeah. Um, so then I went on to say that humans may become infected with hentaviruses and like you said, sanitation. Yes. Uh, because contact with rodent urine, saliva or feces, which you can imagine in the 14 and 1500s, Ooh. sanitation Look at wasn't London. really a thing. Uh, rodents were everywhere. So this is a really good cesspool if you are a hentavirus. And also the Black Plague, we also yeah. know, took advantage. What is it, bubonic plague or some shit yeah. like that? Yeah. Uh, so uh, the cause. Um, is wow! Look at you. The You're most... going. You trying to rush this yeah. today? You went in and out. Wow. Uh, the cause is the most mysterious aspect of the disease, um, and I suppose commentators blame the sewage, the poor sanitation, contaminated water supplies of the time. Because you look back at those images of some of the photos, and also the there indu- were no photos of the 14, 1500s. I know, but imagine their drawings sh- and depictions. Sh- work with me here. Like people mm. have seen the movie um, El Dorado, like. You know, it was colourful. You know, Dorado like that. was the what was it, sixteen, seventeen? Yeah. That, that's not right, Michael. <laughs> We're talking at least two, three centuries before then. I'm, you don't I'm, talk anymore. I'm just trying to cheer people no. up. You know. So the first confirmed outbreak was in August of 1485, um, and this was at the end of the War of the Roses. Which, if you're a big fan of uh, English history and literature, uh, you'd know the importance of this war. Because uh, it led to the speculation that he may have been brought over from France by the French mercenaries that Henry Tudor um, asked to help him yeah. in the English throne. Talking about wars, did you ever hear about the War of the Cabbages? It was actually fought between... Did you ri- see his face? It's yes. not impressed. It was actually fought between rival leprechaun clans. Oh, really? That's why they have to, that, That's why we have St. Patrick's Day. Oh, really? It commemorates, you know... Are you, you being know, serious or are you talking mad shit? I'm talking mad shit. Yeah, <laughs> it basically... St. Patrick's Day really commemorates the great... That's not it, it really commemorates the great cabbage war of um, the, the Highland leprechaun clans. And essentially what it was... They I used thought to, the Highlanders were Scottish. They are, but there I was also... St. Patrick's Day was the Irish. Exactly, but this is the conspiracy... What's you know you say? can't talk of this mad shit because we have people from Boston that listen to this podcast. Yeah, I know. Boston legal too. Hey, all right. You that, don't talk anymore. That comment was firm. You don't talk anymore. Okay. <laughs> so you be quiet. So they suspected that there was an earlier outbreak that may have affected the city of York in June of 1845 before Henry Tudor's army landed. 
But the record of these symptoms and the disease at this time was not adequate to say for certain that this is what it was. Interestingly, there exist some newspapers, as it were. Uh, Croyland Chronicle mentions that Thomas Stanley I, Earl of Derby, uh, he used a sweating sickness as an excuse not to join Richard III's army prior to Tudor's victory over Richard at the Battle of Bosworth. Um, people also say and point the finger that it could have been a relapsing fever. The And this relapsing fever is apparently spread by ticks and lice. And it's known to occur over the uh, summer months, as did the sweating sickness, because that's when the ticks and everything are out to feed off the animals, like your deer yep. and whatnot. So it makes sense that people are out doing outdoor activities and a tick gets on you, similar to Lyme disease yep. would today. Uh, so it follows the trend of um, relapsing fever. Yep. So... If you have relapsing fever, they diagnose it by seeing a prominent black scab at the side of the tick bite, and then you get a subsequent rash, so very similar to, again, Lyme disease. I'm so grateful that in Australia thus far we don't really, at least where we live, we don't have to deal with Lyme disease. Lyme disease is shit. So several researchers have noted that the symptoms overlap with hentavirus pulmonary syndrome, and have proposed an unknown hentavirus as the cause. And a critique of this hypothesis argued that sweating sickness was thought to be transmitted from human to human. Yeah. Whereas hentaviruses are rarely spread that way. Because you can imagine the vets with the horses, like they were in full containment when they were doing the autopsies. Yeah. But there was no uh, horse to human transmission. No. Um, so, however, more recently... Um, the hentavirus outbreaks in Argentina have suggested that there is a possibility of human-to-human infection contamination. Enjoy. So way we're back in 2004, a microbiologist by the name of Edward McSwigan, he suggested that maybe it was anthrax poisoning that caused all of this. Yeah. And he hypothesised that the victims could have been infected with anthrax spores that were present in raw wool or infected animal carcasses. And he said, look, let's exhume the victims for testing. But as far as I could tell, that has not been done yeah. up until today. Edward McSwiggles. So let's talk about the signs and symptoms, if you will. And the most referenced person who described the symptoms and signs was John Caius. And he happened to be a practicing physician in Shrewsbury. 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 In 1551, when the outbreak occurred, and he put everything down in his uh, work, a broke or council against the disease commonly called Nisweat or sweating sickness in, that was published in 1552. And like I said, that's the main historical source of knowledge of the disease. And we love knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yes, that we do. So he reported that it became very, it began very suddenly uh, with a sense of apprehension, and then you had cold shivers, sometimes very violent. People uh, had experienced giddiness, headache, severe pains in the neck, shoulders, and limbs, and they were very, very exhausted. And then the cold stage lasted anywhere between half an hour to three hours, and then that's when the hot and sweating stage really kicked in. So you can imagine a very, very high fever, and in those days they didn't have much to help fight a fever. So the characteristic sweat broke out suddenly without any obvious cause and the the person who experienced this said that they were very hot, they experienced headache, 
delirium, rapid pulse, intense thirst accompanied the sweat. And that makes sense because you're going to be very, very thirsty when you have a fever. So he also described palpitation and pain in the heart as being frequent symptoms. He did not say that there were skin eruptions. um, So therefore that kind of ruled out the um, relapse. Relapsing fever, that's right. I was going to say relapse tick bite, but that's not right. So, um, he said that in the final stages, the person was either generally exhausted to the point that they would collapse, or you just couldn't wake them up and stop them from needing to sleep. Yeah. And so, he thought that if you leave the person to sleep, that would be fatal. Yeah. So, he would try to, or would tell people, you know, just try and keep them awake. Don't let them sleep. Because if they sleep, that's it. They're gone. Yeah. He also noted that one attack did not produce immunity. And people were known to have suffered several bouts before dying. Yeah. The disease tended to occur again in summer and early autumn. So it makes sense. And he hypothesized that it could have been spread by insects. Interestingly, uh, this was a trend I didn't know about. But the disease seemed to be more severe among the rich. Yeah. And less among the poor. And the young and healthy were more frequent victims. Making it unlikely to have been a form of influenza or typhus. And then so what there is in there is young kids would be out playing in the grass or whatever in summer, spring. Um, Therefore, it would be more likely for them to be bitten, if it were, spread by an insect. If that makes sense, because the elderly wouldn't do that. However, every outbreak, except for the second one, all the epidemics were severe with a very, very high mortality rate. All of them, except for the second outbreak. Does that make sense? Yep. So, um, I guess we can head into the epidemiology. Yeah, and also, I suppose, being medieval, it's, um, yeah. A different time. Yeah. A very, very different time. So, in the 15th century, the 1400s here, the sweating sickness first came to the attention of physicians at the beginning of the reign of Henry VII in 1485. There's no definitive statement that the sickness was present in troops that landed at Milford Haven. It's known that Henry arrived in London on the 28th of August, soon after the Battle of Bosworth, and that the disease broke out on the 19th of September, 1485, so just under a month worth of time. It was known to have killed several thousand people by the end of October that year. Um, Included in the death toll were two lords mayor, six aldermen and three sheriffs and then it really became known as the sweating sickness and people were very very alarmed it was regarded as being quite distinct from the black death which was one of the biggest uh epidemics in modern history um because the black death has a pestilential fever and um the fever and sweating that people experience with sweating sickness was very had a very rapid onset and had a fatal course like a fatal course it was known to reach ireland in 1492 when the annals of ulster recorded the death of one mr james fleming who was the seventh barrel of slain is that how you would say that if you were irish yep from the how do i say those words ply a lie yeah that's about it that's how i do come to ireland yeah play yeah play a lie Disappointing. 
play play a lay. The announcer of Connor would that be Connarch? Connart? I don't know. Uh, also recorded this in his in the obituary. Um, and they said that there was an unusual plague in Meath of twenty four hours of duration. People recovered if they survived it beyond that twenty four hour period. Oh. Yes. Um, just to put something um, into perspective, as we mentioned the Black Death before, what a lot of people don't realise is the Black Death pretty much obliterated about sixty percent of Europe's population during the fourteenth century. Yeah, so I said it's, it's just, one of the biggest. It's yeah. it has nothing. Corona's got nothing on nothing it at on this it. stage. That, in a sense, is just mind blowing. Like just the Black Death, just gone, decimated, decimated. Yeah. And it didn't matter whether you were a Tudor. It didn't matter how much money you, you had. You, it didn't matter if you were a king, if you were a leader, if you got it, you were done. Yeah. So the plague. Sorry, sorry, not the plague. Where am I going with this? Um, it didn't attack infants or little children. However, Freeman, uh, sorry, however, this guy who wrote in this Annals of Ulster said that the plague was a sweating sickness despite the similarity of the names and he thought it to be relapsing or famine fever, possibly typhus. Yep. And then we fast forward to the 16th century, also known as the 1500s. Sorry, are you going to say something? No, I'm just Also known as the 1500s. And then nothing was recorded um, relating to sweating sickness between 19, sorry, 1492 and 1502. Yep. But people have speculated that it might have been the condition which uh, afflicted Arthur, Prince of Wales, who was the elder brother of Henry VIII of England. And you have to say it. Arthur. Arthur. King of the Britons. Why would I do it when I got you to do it perfectly? Arthur. King of the Britons, what is the average wind speed velocity of an unladen swallow? Uh, Sorry, African or European? Uh, I don't know that. Ah! So, uh, Arthur. King of the Britons. Uh, and his wife, Catherine of Aragon. Queen of the Britons. <laughs> In March of 1502. <laughs> <laughs> And the illness was described as a malign vapour which proceeded from the air. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm like, wow. But no, you can't it. laugh. Like, can't. What else do they know? These are the same people that thought that viruses and bugs just happened to come from, you know, frogs would just come out of the water one yeah. day. You she know turned me into a newt. Oh, oh, but she turned me back again. Do you know if I was, if I got put back in time, they would hang me as a witch. Mm. How as they killed. So they also suggested tuberculosis, also known as consumption, mm. um, as we spoke, the Black Plague, and influenza. Yeah. Apparently, researchers opened up Arthur's Arthur's tomb. Uh, Arthur's tomb. In two thousand and two, but they could not determine his exact cause of death. So, are we going to say something? No, I was just going to okay. say it sounds like a bad episode of Bones. One possible cause was a genetic ailment which also affected his nephew, Edward VI. Carry on. Okay, thanks. Can I have your permission? Can you stop shaking the table? Sorry, I'm excited. I have the shakes. It's an epidemic. Stop. Catherine recovered, but Arthur died on the 2nd of April, 1502. At his home in Ludlow Castle, six months short of his 16th birthday. And then a less widespread outbreak occurred in 1507, and then a third and much more severe epidemic later that year, which also spread to Calais. 
Um, it was frequently fatal. Half the population was known to perish in some... Well, was recorded to perish in some areas. And it reached epidemic proportions in 1528 during its fourth outbreak. Apparently, it first broke out in London at the end of May. And it speedily spread over the whole of England, except for the far north. It was not reported to have spread to Scotland, but it did reach Ireland, where Lord Chancellor Hugh Eyne... Is that how I pronounce that? Yep. Oh my god, I'm killing it today! Yeah. Was the most prominent victim, obviously because he's a Lord Chancellor, but let's not get too, you know, yep. excited. Of course, they'd talk about him. Hugh Eyne. The mortality rate was very high in London, and Henry VIII broke up the court, <laughs> much like uh, ScoMo should have done. Yep. And he decided to leave London, and he frequently changed his residence. Then the disease suddenly appeared in Hamburg, and it spread so rapidly that more than a thousand people died in a few weeks. Yeah, that's not good. Corona, anyone? Corona. Then it, uh, the trend was that it swept through Eastern Europe um, as an epidemic, and it caused high mortality rates. It reportedly entered Switzerland sometime in December. The Swiss. And then it was carried northwards to Denmark, Sweden, and Norway, as well as eastwards to Lithuania, Poland, and Russia. And you know why we... You know why we love the Swiss? The Swiss. The friendly Germans. That's a bad joke. Excuse my accent. Not bagging anyone, but that's the joke. The Swiss. With their chocolate, their beer, and their tight little pants. Robin Williams, the king. That's the line. That's the joke. Okay. So, cases of the disease were not known to... Oh, shit. Yeah, here we go. Oh, Here we go. I I got triggered reading that. Especially with COVID. Minor second chords for everyone. Cases of the disease were not known to occur in Italy or France, except for in the Pale of Calais, which was controlled by the the English at the time. By the England. Stephanie, who the hell are you? Uh, It also emerged in Flanders and the Netherlands, possibly because it was transmitted directly from England by travellers. Yep. And it appeared simultaneously in the cities of Antwerp and Amsterdam on the morning of the 27th of September, specifically the morning of the 27th of September in the 1500s. But that's okay. Yep. Uh, In each place, it was known to have prevailed for a short time, generally for not more than two weeks. And then by the end of the year, it had completely disappeared everywhere except for eastern Switzerland, where it lingered into the next year. And after this, there were no further uh, outbreaks on mainland Europe. So the reported final uh, outbreak of the disease occurred in England in 1551. And um, did I just... Okay, and um, this is when John Caius put his book out. Yep. Um, and so he said in his book, the 7th day of June began a new sweat in London. The X day of July, 1551, and the Kynes Grace removed from Westminster unto Humpton Court for their died. Some, sorry, the English is terrible. Um, so people were dying. Merchants were dying. Men and women were dying, both young and old, because of the sweat. And then on the 14th day of July... The Dukes of Suffolk died of the sweat, both in one bed in Cambridgeshire, and died from the. They died from like two days. He tried to say. Yep. Uh, the seventh day of July unto the. Is that fourteenth? Yep. No, no, that's nineteenth day of the sweat in London. All the dynasties and no more in ale. I'm sorry, I'm not good at <laughs> reading pauper, pauper's English. Yeah, pauper's English. 
References made in the annals of Halifax Parish in 1551 to an outbreak there that resulted in 44 deaths. Um, and then apparently in a town called Tiverton, Devon in 1644, they had an outbreak that they called the Sweating Sickness and they recorded it in the Martin Dunsford history. And they said that approximately 443 people died and 105 of them were buried in the month of October. Wow, that's, uh, yeah, that's not good. And when you can think about it, there weren't that many people back then. So no. that would literally be almost half a town. That's almost imagine. like a village wipeout. So no medical particulars were recorded. And the 1644 date falls well after the generally accepted disappearance of sweating sickness in 1551. However, a similar illness occurred in France between 1718 and 1918, and that was known as the Picardy Sweat. Um, some dude called Lewin Roberts, he said there was a great similarity between the two diseases. Um, apparently it was also accompanied by a rash, but it was not described. Um, the English... Symptom like the the symptoms of the sweating sickness were not a rash. Yeah. Again, um, so there's a guy called Henry Tidy, and he said that John Kai's reports um, said that whether they were fatal within a few hours, in which no eruption may develop. And in 1906, the outbreak of Bacardi sweat struck 6,000 people, and bacteriologist Andre Chantamise led a commission which studied it, and they attributed infection to the fleas of field mice. And then Blame Henry, it on the mice. Yeah. Of mice and men. And then Henry Tardy found no substantial reason to doubt the identity of Pseudo-Anglicus and the Bacardi sweat. Yeah. So people say that the fact that the disease may have killed Prince Arthur, the heir to the throne, um, and that's what rushed the tumultuous reign of Henry VIII, really altered the course of history as we know it. Yep. And also, too, um, in, regarding the Bacardi sweat, it's got nothing to do with the new Star Trek series coming out that's got Jean-Luc Picard. It's not called Jean-Luc Picard. I'm Jean so Luc glad Picard. you made that distinction. Yes. Because we all would have been so Absolutely. worried. Anyone who got confused between, you know, this and Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Totally understandable. Absolutely, completely. So, in summary... The English sweating sickness could not have been trans uh, contracted from anthrax spores in wool. Sorry, can I rewind? Sure. Thank you. English sweating sickness could have been contracted from anthrax spores in wool, but inhalation anthrax was likely rare because um, there was no industrialized wool production at the time, so you'd think you'd need to get a lot of spare spores yeah. into you to have that kind of thing. And then so one researcher whose works I looked at said, oh, the paper that I read said, I suppose the thing to do is to dig up a few unfortunate victims of the sweat and look for spores. Um, and then to also answer the question, why did English sweating sickness occur in random summers? It wasn't one after the yeah. other. It was what times apart. Um, one answer could be climate change because the sweat would coincided with the beginning of a 300-year period of cooling trends in Europe. And that was triggered by a series of volcanic eruptions in Indonesia. So there could have been erratic seasonal fluctuations similar to similar to El Nino events we see today where there's a lot of water. Yeah. So it's just washing away the topsoil. Yeah. And then whatever's buried underneath all surfaces. Up. Yeah. Um, so there are reports that outbreaks may have followed years when crops were damaged by floods. So yeah. again, it just becomes exposed. Yep. Um, and then regarding vectors of a potential hentavirus, rodent numbers we already know increase during summer, 
and spike um, when the trees are particularly productive because that means there's a lot of fruit. So yep. if there's a lot of fruit for the mice, that means there's going to be a lot of mice. Yes. And that means there's going to be a lot of snakes. Yep. Ecology. <laughs> um, there's a like, flora and fauna. Right. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Very cool. That's all I have for you today. No, that's awesome. So uh, A little bit of a shorter one because I want to kind of have it up really ready it for you guys because I'm sorry, I'm a bit late this week. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's interesting too because you look at the way society dealt with these kind of pandemics. Now, you died. There's nothing died. to do. But similar aspects of what, you know, communities did then, they're doing now. <coughs> Essential oils. <coughs> Essential oils. Um, yeah. So, obviously, barricading people away, quarantining, you know, that sort self-isolating. of stuff. Self-isolating. Self-isolating. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming people on the ISS at the moment are looking down, kind of going. I'm not coming home today. <laughs> I'm just gonna stay up here for a bit. Yep. I'm gonna give them space, literally. <laughs> See what I did there? Oof. Ah, uh, jeez. So, um, but yeah, I suppose the best thing that we can do is obviously we can also go into a nice big Corona talk. I think we might do that for. I want to do two. Want to do pandemics? Yeah, we're gonna do pandemics to... because obviously we have pandemics, we have endemics. You know, all that I sort of stuff. I wanted to hit a medium niche. Yeah. I thought I'd knock out the epidemics. Then yeah. if you wanted to move to the pandemics. Absolutely. Um, just for consistency. Yeah. Because I guess... Because then we can really discuss heavily about viral load. And all yeah, that sort we of can stuff. also go like, um, not only corona, obviously, yeah. but HIV, cholera, influenza, typhus, exactly. smallpox, measles. Dysentery. Um, what's the other one? T- uh, tuberculosis. Yeah. Info, we can also cover Zika exactly. as well. So, so, yeah. And also, too, I think I will go further into the MHC just because I find it well, interesting. Well, you know what, buddy? Make, it, it up. make a podcast make episode podcast. and I'll use some stuff around. Yes. So, uh, that's it. Do you have anything else to add before uh, we get this party started? Also, too, just in case, if people want to know how the spores actually, you know, survive, they call these things called... Endospores. Endospores. And, then and they have also a thick got wall. caspids. And they have a thick lipid wall Endothelium. that prevents them from getting desiccated. Getting blah blah. And also, too, it also comes down to antigens and antibodies. But also, too, if you do not have the receptors on your cells, the you virus can. cannot bind. Therefore, ha <laughs> Oh, and people um, also consider purchasing. Um, what's that bug spray, Aerogard, or yeah. whatever your home brand alternative is? Because mosquitoes. Because if the mosquito bites someone that has the virus, you got it, and then transports it to you, you're essentially fucked. Yeah. Um, I have literally twenty mosquito bites on my body right now, yeah. and I've been going to every shopping center, and there I think are. I used to get them from the bus in the mornings. Yeah. Because you know how they leave the doors open and the mosquitoes come in? So you can slap a few, but like my body's quite covered. Um, we've got this big one in the house, so I just try and stay in the living room. Yeah. And also too, um, we also stumbled upon the fact that there are some people out there freaking out about hand sanitizer. Now, just in case you really want to push the letter. And just you wash your hands. Wash the only your time hands. you should be using hand sanitizer, if you cannot get access to washing your hands. Yes. It's not. A, it's an alternative to washing your hands, but, but it it's not the be... ultimate alternative. No, it's just a interim. It's exactly. So, so if you were... Not that you can do it in Melbourne right now, but say that you were out shopping and then you said, oh, I'm going to get myself a coffee. You do your shopping, you'd order your coffee, you'd pump sanitizer into your hands, yep. you'd cover your hands, you'd hold that coffee cup, 
Yeah. And that's it. So what some people can also do is, for instance, you can get uh, isopropyl alcohol or I'm rubbing not, alcohol. I'm not promoting no. this. I'm not promoting any making because there are actual people who need to make hand sanitizer. Absolutely. Because people are fucking buying everything up and they can't access it. Oh, no, I was, like I was just saying, saying... No, no, no. We're not giving that information away. Because hospitals are going to need to make it. No, hospitals I was just going to mention masks, why... Not stupid people going I was just shopping. going to talk about why they have ethanol in it. Do you know today, there are seven people I saw wearing masks, gloves, plastic gloves. Yeah. And then they're touching their face. Yeah. They're holding their phones to their face. And I looked at them and I went, you stupid idiot. What was the purpose? There's no purpose. In any of that... You know, you're not. You're wearing gloves because you you want to have that barrier there, and then you're touching your phone anyway. Also, oh. the other big dumb. This is a very big dumb. If you're wearing latex gloves and you're wiping your hands down, wearing the gloves with you're going to break down hand sanitizer that contains alcohol in it. You're going to break the gloves down. Nitrile is a little bit more resilient, but latex is useless. And look, don't take the gloves and masks and sanitization equipment away from people who actually yeah. need it. Just because you're it. going shopping, second guess what you need to go there for. Yeah. Do you really need to go there? And this is not aimed at anyone who's just general shopping. That's no. completely normal. But there are This some... is aimed at people who are just like, you know what? I need to buy 50 rolls of toilet paper today because why the fuck not? Yeah. But there are people out there who are literally freaking out over this. And, you know, that's just... That's some people. But... Um... What do you do? All right, that's it from us this week. Yeah. So, if you're uh, sorry, finish what you're saying. Then I'll no, I was just going to say. So, uh, yeah, uh, that was pretty much um, an insight into the the sleeping sickness. Um, if you bump your head uh, and you feel sleepy, that's a concussion. Don't mix the two up. Um, now that you've mentioned that, that sorry, um, that was just the if joke. If you are looking for our podcast, we actually have a topic request form that yes. is always linked down Fire below. One out. So if there's something specific you wish for us to cover, please voice it. Um, also, give us your handle, whether it be Twitter or Instagram, and your pronouns, so we can uh, appropriately shout you out. We are also on Apple Podcast, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and email. Everything is controls and couches, except for our email, which is controlsandcouches at gmail.com. He is Full Metal Chicken. I am Steph Afar. Yes. And we are coming to you from Corona Lockdown. Corona Lockdown. But also, too, for all those people interested in how I keep my feathers so shiny and clean, I preen myself, you know, very clean. It's called hygiene. See? Hygiene rhymes with preen and preen rhymes with clean. But then again, most chickens roll in the dirt. So there you go, defunct. I don't roll the dirt. The animal house just emailed me because someone was using a chainsaw on the other side of the wall in the behavioural suites. Outside. In the garden area. Jeez. Without permission. Jeez. So that's going to affect any behaviour. Wow. Good job, buddy. The literal one suite... Is. Of the animal house that needs to be quiet is where the tradesmen were rushing to finish their work today. With a chainsaw. With a chainsaw and mulcher. Great job, guys. Well done. And, oof. Oof. Oh, joy. Thank God I was not running behaviour and I'm on a lock-in because I would be crying right now. Yep, that would be really bad. All right, everyone. On that note. Thank you so much for listening. I uh, hope you have a fantastic 
Uh, you'll hear from us on Sunday, obviously, because we're going to record this week's episode tomorrow. But this episode is going up within the next 20, 30 yeah. minutes. Um, and I think that's it from us. And on the quick topic of fear... Oh, God. Remember the TV show Fear Factor? Yeah. My brother reminded me of a thing called um, Scare Tactics. Yeah, Scare Tactics. Do you tactics. remember that TV show? Yes. Yeah. I also remember that I threw a boomerang a few years ago. Oh, not this joke again. And now I live in constant fear. That's all right. Nothing you drop comes back if you wait for someone else to pick it up. Yeah, I know, right? Oof! Oof! And that's the tea. That's the tea. And on that note, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Joy our crèche. You know, we have snacks. Stay safe. Stay healthy, everyone. For everything else is Um, MasterCard. Literally. Uber. Uber. Delivery. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Actually, maybe Uber is still working. Yeah. Is Uber considered an essential service? Well, it's food, so of course they're going to be delivering. No, but because they've got the no contact thing. Yeah, so they drop it off at your door. Oof. Interesting. That's good. Yeah. So, oh, well. Um, yeah, until next time, I am Full Metal Chicken. Oh, also, did you hear that um, Uber has a rewards program now? Really? Yeah. So you start That's pretty Uber of them. <laughs> oh, and we should also mention you got promoted to the top tier for EB Games. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Top tier. <laughs> so, Thank you very much. Yeah. Alrighty, hoity, hoity. I like the card, though. Yeah, the, the card's, card's like cool. a chic um, jet black. I'm chic EB. Pity they didn't let me keep the old card. It was pretty rubbed out, though. Yeah. I used to live with... Um, I now can tell the difference between the platinum card at QBD. Yeah. Because it's silver. Yeah. And EB, the jet black card. Yep. Very cool. Alrighty, everyone. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And you'll hear from us. I hope week. you enjoyed the subtitles. Actually, we have auto-generated subtitles, so... Ah. If you're watching this on YouTube. Well, there you go. May the force be with you, and Man also the force with you. Be with you. All right, wrap this city up. We're gonna wrap it up with gift. All right, stop. And put a ribbon on it. Okay. Fuzz, fuzz, no, fuzz. no, social distancing. Social distancing. Now remember, when you listen to this, so you don't get corona from us if we have it. You'll have to listen to this at one point five meters away from a screen. It's two meters now. Two meters now. Yeah. So you have yeah, to download this from two meters away. Just be careful, okay? <laughs> Be Hold careful. your AirPods. Make sure. <laughs> two, two meters away from Make you. sure you watch. Can we talk about one more conspiracy just sure. before we close? Absolutely. All right. So last week we had this thing where we were like, "Shit, what if?" Because you know how I'm a doomsday prepper, bum, bum, bum. and I'm a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Um, I was like, "Oh, let's just get a little bit of candles, just in case, just in case. you know, the power goes out, and that's completely Gosh, fine." And then um, we went to dusk because dusk was having it. Was it a forty percent off sale? Yep. And so we walked out with what a bag that normally would have been three hundred dollars yeah. for I think a low low price of what was it forty yeah. less than forty, <laughs> and then so we went in today because I just wanted to see what was there if the thing was still running and they changed the sale and yeah. they thought they were going to be really sus about it but um jokes on you dusk because yep. I made out like with a steal absolutely alrighty on that note we're done we're done signing off we're out. See you next week. Au revoir. All right, and end it. And end it. Ha <laughs> ha, end it.